Hey there, heathens. I'm John, the Godless Engineer. Hi, I'm Aaron Rod. Hi, this is Andrew Jasko. This is Don Queen from the Godless Heathens Podcast. Hello, I'm Dr. Hector Garcia. Hi, this is Owen from Rex and Owen and the Skeptical Texans. Hey, I'm Stephen Woodford of Rationality Rules. Hi, I'm Thomas Westbrook of Holy Kool-Aid. Hi, this is Matt Delahunty. Hi, this is Brent and Nikki from Unapologetics. Hi, I'm Donald Trump, and I took a rip. Wait, which one second? I gotta put my hands up here. Yeah. Just go ahead, Robert. Just go. Hi, I'm Robert Stanley of the Right to Reason podcast, and I, I took a to left, left at, at the, the valley. valley. And we. Oh, should I say it too? No, sorry. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists, you know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that, but with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it, I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed, I'm an atheist, atheist, Coming at you from now officially summer BC, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and my genetic test came back 58% chocolate. I should have brushed my teeth before that spit test. (laughs) Joining me as usual is a team that will tell you that breasts are proof that man can focus on two things at once. Oh my god. She stole the heart of a cute guy once. The surgeons weren't happy. Nancy. Well, when it's part of your assassin career. You do what you can do. <laughs> she takes she takes trophies wherever she can get them. <laughs> she has a French cousin wearing sandals. His name is Philippe Philippe. <laughs> and we never let him forget it. <laughs> <laughs> and she made tectonic plays for earthquakes that aren't even their fault. <laughs> Kirsten. <laughs> Guys, welcome back. <laughs> Good to be here. Yes. I hope you had a great week. I did. It was a yep. busy ass week. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, well, today we'll be talking to Amy Cool. Hope I'm saying that right. Of the uh, Ginger uh, Snaps. But uh, first, let's do a chit chat. Uh, did you guys know that the Earth Watch Institute concluded that bees are uh, the most important living being on the planet? Yes, I saw that. I did see that. Scientists also said that they've entered extinction risk zone. Uh, they've disappeared up to 90% in some places. Um, bees are also the only being that does not carry, apparently, any pathogen, whether fungus, viral, or bacteria. Really? Wow. Yeah, that, that was interesting, too. I had no idea. Uh, of course, a lot of agriculture depends up to, up to 70% on the bees. And uh, right now, of course, uh, there's many different reasons why bees are having a hard time. Pesticide and uh, pesticide overuse being the greatest threat. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be... A, Something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, did you guys know that apparently every extremist killing in 2018 in the U.S. was by a right-wing extremist? I'm uh-huh. so is anybody, shocked. Is anybody really uh, surprised? I mean, other than the right-wing. Right, other than the right-wing, yeah, exactly. Is anybody surprised? I guess not. According to a report from the Anti-Defamation League Center, um, so so 50 related events in 2018 uh, uh, happened that were essentially right-wing uh, extremism. Uh, this has been the fourth deadliest year since 1970 in the States, in that, in that aspect. 
and it's pretty easy to track. It's not as though this is information that exactly. they had to dredge up, you know, from archives. As, as much as the Americans are, are, are feel threatened by Islam, you know what? Mm-hmm. You get a much bigger threat right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, of course, in in eighty uh, percent of those, eighty four percent of those cases, guns were involved as well. I'm shocked. Thank you, NRA. <laughs> and apparently the numbers have actually quadrupled since 2016 in the States in, in, in this aspect. I wonder why. <laughs> On some more positive uh, news, uh, the World Index ranked Canada as best country for quality Woo-hoo! of life in 2019. Yes. Yay! Yeah. It's uh, probably because we're so close to America, so we realize how good we have it, <laughs> so we feel even better. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. And they make us look really, really good. There you go. That's probably Thank the you. reason we legalize marijuana too, right? Exactly. We got Americans as neighbors. <laughs> Uh, in case you were wondering about the other ranking, uh, number two was Sweden, number three was Denmark, and then Norway, and then Switzerland, Finland, Australia, uh, the Netherlands, New Zealand, and in 10th, Germany. I, feel I like- wonder what put us over the top. I, I didn't read the whole article to see if there was one, um, I, you know, one factor that was so outstanding that it it pushed us over the top because you know probably uh, Justin Trudeau's here Sweden and and Norway and the the, uh, Scandinavian companies they're you know yeah they're they're up there and I'm I'm sure it was a close call in the poll does it Factor in perceived happiness of the people. I I didn't go deep enough into the uh, the article to see that. Usually these 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 things are rated on uh, quality of life, uh, employment, economics, yeah, uh, education, education yes. level, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. They have several different factors yeah. that that bar that. Because if it does factor in like any perceived like happiness and quality of life of the population, it's probably like one hundred percent. It's because of America. Well, maybe. Why we got pushed over then? Maybe because we're like oh. We are. We don't have concentration camps right now. <laughs> we aren't literally locking children up. <laughs> Let's not get into that right now. Um, on the worst news, in uh, in uh, in June, apparently um, Kuwait saw fifty two point two degrees Celsius at some point, and that for American friends, it's one hundred twenty five point ninety six degrees Can Fahrenheit. You? That's how hot uh, it was in the shade. In the shade. Wait, that was I, the temperature uh, in the shade. What was I it in melt. the sun? Uh, I don't. <laughs> Death, probably. <laughs> yeah, the whole yeah. Europe is is under a, uh, France a right now is experiencing uh, the wave. the worst temperature they ever had. Yeah, it's like uh, 115 Fahrenheit, which I'm not sure how oh, much damn. it is. In, in, in it's probably like. But 40 you know, something. global warming. Oh yeah, but you could think it's a Chinese hoax, right? Yeah. It's a good thing. And uh, last but certainly not least, in uh, moronic news, uh, did you guys happen to catch the Donald Trump Fourth of July speech by any chance? I uh, didn't. Yes, uh, tell me about it, okay, please. Well, yes, I'm excited. I first of all, I I, I caught some excerpt of it. The first thing that came out that came out uh, right at me is: Did you guys notice he was like behind bulletproof glass? <laughs> He's probably really? realizing Obama yes. wasn't. Other presidents weren't. That's yeah. because he's terrifying. Uh, yeah, so I was I was really shocked well, at that. Well, you know, they had the protests at the same um, at the same uh, grounds. Yeah, and they're paranoid anyway. And there was so much controversy over the mil- the, the, the military that I'm sure it was extra precaution. Yeah. yeah. Wait, did he actually do like his military parade thing? He wanted. Well, sort of. Wait, seriously? Oh my gosh, I am so I am so out of the loop this last week. Yeah, and um, I, that's, that's the first thing that came out of me. It's like, how come he's behind glass? Mm-hmm. And um, because I remember Obama's speech, and he was in the in the rain as well, and he only had he didn't even have a jacket on. He only had a shirt, and he was doing his speech. And, and but there was no glass, and there was no glass for previous presidents as you know, well. No, I so can't remember. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think when the last. 
I really can't. No, maybe. I, I should have looked maybe it up. Maybe Reagan, but, no, but maybe yeah, not. No. I just can't even remember either. No. Um, and this is this is something that was interesting. This he had a prepared text on a teleprompter, and he said something very interesting. He said, "Quote: Our army man. It was like a big love letter to the military, right? Our army man the air. What does that mean?" <laughs> Ram the rampart. Uh, but you talk, you talk about you know the, the the colonial history and George Washington and all that, right? Ram the ramparts. It took over the airports. <laughs> He's so stupid. Took over the airports. It did everything it had to do. Unquote. <laughs> and and he was talking about the the funny thing is he, he was also talking about the Battle of Fort McHenry, which of course is the battle that inspired the Star Spangled Banner song mm-hmm. in the U.S. But he was talking about. The, 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 the army of, of George Washington, which was not the same period. Because the 4th McHenry, if my American history is correct, and if my American listeners are listening and you want to correct me, please well, we do. Well, we know your American history is a lot better than the, Donald Trump. Well, yeah, for sure. But it's 1812, right? And 1776 was George Washington. So you got, you know, 30 years mm-hmm. difference here. And he, he seems to be confusing. And, of course, the, the, the thing about took over the airports... There were no. I know those drones and jet planes in the 1700s. I can't believe pesky. Shooting down an airplane with musket back then was something else. You had to be a crack shot. Yeah. Um, And then the memes were funny on Friday because it showed a jet um, uh, um, plane uh, flying over and and the pie, you know, with all the and the and the pilot was George George (laughs) Washington's face. It's like my God, how how incredibly stupid can this man get? Well, it's, you know, it's the stupidity and not only him, but who wrote the thing? Exactly. I and mean, this is not even off the cuff. This is a prepared yeah. speech. Did he write? I mean, I can under, he, because I can cut him a tiny bit of slack for the stupidity if the teleprompter really did cut out. And for some reason, he said airports. I can understand that. But if the prepared part had the Fort McHenry... Who who was checking? Exactly. I mean, who's fact checking this guy? Who's fact checking? Who, who's who's asleep on the switch? He's fired. Anyone who corrects him so far. Exactly, exactly. And it gets even better because there's another blip that most people didn't catch. Uh, he also said that America's quest for greatness led Alexander Graham Bell to create the telephone. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is, is Alexander Graham Bell was a Canadian. Well, that's another He one. became an American citizen, but he was born in Scotland. He was raised in Brantford, Ontario. He did move to the States, but he invented the phone in 1875, 1876. 1876, he got a U.S. patent, but he never, he, he actually became an American citizen in 1882. So before he invented the telephone, he was of Canadian uh, yeah. citizenship. Wait, seriously? Yes. Go Canada. So, so, but even then, Donald Trump couldn't get even that fact straight. Well, it's not him. It's who is writing. Who's writing the, yeah. yeah, because, because it's, it's certainly not anyone him. who's in any way competent has left that administration. Exactly. exactly. Anyone who cares about their country. Yes, ma'am. Will never work for him. Yeah, no, because yeah, right. he will go down in history the same way Hitler went down in history. People will look at him and be like, what? No, well, Why would anyone work for him? No, I think it's even worse than that because Hitler, you know, he still had some competent people with him. Oh, yeah, no, he had yeah. a lot of competent people. So, so Hitler wasn't stupid. Well, I mean, there's some things that Hitler did that were really stupid. But he wasn't, like, to this a level. very core level, stupid. No, he wasn't Donald Trump <laughs> stupid. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't Donald yeah. Trump stupid. Donald Trump stupid is, like, 
top That's a new grade <laughs> stupid. That should be a hashtag. Hashtag Donald Trump. Donald Trump yeah. stupid. He actually. I had a Donald Trump moment on his own merit. Instead he of a blo- stupid test. Instead of a blonde moment, I had a Donald Trump moment. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, the, the, the whole July Fourth from <clears throat> that he hijacked, it, it, which is the word that everybody's using now, and I think it's I think it's apt. It, is that he hijacked it. From start to finish, it was wrong. Yeah. And I guess the speech fit right in, you know, to, to that um, that venue. And, and, you know, everything that he wanted to do was like, it's a Veterans Day speech. Yes, yes. But going back to the writing for a minute, I can't remember a time when a president gave a speech where basic facts that are taught in high school, in grade school and high school, were wrong, you know, the the wrong era, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the wrong everything. It, that is just unbelievable. Yeah, it it just it just looks like a speech that was prepared by his nephew or his niece or something like that. You know, I, they didn't I really know so. what the hell was going on. No, I, it was a, it basically it, it was a speech that looked as though it was written by um, an, an eighth to eleventh grader. Yeah. there was nothing in that in that speech that was beyond the comprehension of a of a child. Exactly, exactly. So. Anyway, uh, I, I I don't know what I to know. say about that. Right? It's it's very good Canadian entertainment. Well, yeah, yeah. to some yeah. extent. Uh, well, Jay, Terrifying, but entertaining. Yeah, when I you weren't directly impacted, like in a direct, like, oh, he can take away my human rights way. Yeah, and then and then to make the whole th- to round out the whole day, Pat Robertson said that the California earthquake <laughs> was God yes. clapping. Yeah. At- <laughs> Trump speech. What? That yeah. would have been a good for another brilliant moment right there. Are you, I, I was this close oh, to doing it. Are you serious? Wow. People are so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Especially since the earthquake sort of happened. I think it would happen like actually before Donald Yeah, Trump's it happened speech. before. Well, <laughs> God isn't contained by the concept of time. Apparently. You, you know, you remember that uh, Pompeii? I'm pretty sure that was God like. Yeah, yeah, of course. I was going to say something really inappropriate. <laughs> and and at, the, at the same, uh, Kirsten got it. At, at the same, at the same time, we also had Wednesday. We also had an earthquake up here by the uh, mm. right off the height of Wise. Yeah, uh, I did and, not and, feel and it. And then Friday morning, we had three aftershocks. Yeah, and yeah, last night, last evening, actually, California had another one, like a seven point one. Mm-hmm. Like they've all been a fair. It's been fairly active uh, on the on the quote unquote rain of fire lately. Apparently, but, yeah, that's that's a good thing. Means it's releasing yeah, tension. releasing the pressure. It, it was releasing scary. tension. It was, yeah, it was scary. My brother and sister-in-law were seven point one. That's pretty yeah, strong. In Studio City, which is north of L.A., and my sis, I called my sister-in-law this morning, and she said the shake just went on and on and on. You wow. know, luckily, they had no damage, but mm-hmm. she said it was terribly scary. It was really scary. Mm-hmm. the one, but both of them had were really scary. Yeah. People don't seem to realize that when you say when you see you go from earthquake of five on the Richter scale to or to six, you think oh it's just a, Oh no it's a mag- uh, it's, yeah, order it's, of magnitude. It's, it's not just yeah. a bit stronger, it's yeah. orders of magnitude stronger, you know. It's it's, it's a big jump from five to six and from mm-hmm. six to seven. It's like wow. Yeah. So it's interesting to think because I don't actually know if I would realize I was in an earthquake. Last time we had one like here in Vancouver, I was in a pickup truck <coughs> In the port, and it was funny because I was parked and I was writing a report or something, and it felt like I had three waves go underneath the truck. So I kind of, mm-hmm. I kind of jostled sideways, and at first I thought it was like big gusts of wind, mm-hmm. 
But like three times, like boom, boom, boom. I said, I looked up and I'm looking at the trees. The trees aren't moving. The leaves aren't moving or anything like that. I realized, oh my God, we just had like three earthquake waves mm-hmm. yeah, it's, go right underneath me. It's a really weird sensation. It I remember was. I was in, I was house sitting. I was in the second story of a house and I'm sitting at the kitchen table and like you can, you kind of feel something. And then like I could see the, the chandelier started swaying and I'm like, oh my God, I think there was i think we just i just experienced an earthquake it's like and i'm in a house all by myself fantastic (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um, at least you know if if you there's something to learn about earthquakes is make sure you get some prepared food Mm -hmm. prepared uh, a bug out bag and stuff like that you know it's not a bad thing to have we should almost do a show on that should bring an expert to create help us create Uh a bug out bag that'd be really good and make sure you have stuff stuff for your pets as well yes uh-huh. Or you can feed one pet to another. You know, no. There's one um, excuse it. me. I would eat the pet. Well, it's fine. <laughs> ah, mine's going to be bigger. Okay. Oh, <laughs> My dear Nancy. Mine's fatter. You got a top ten for us today? <laughs> of course I do. Okay, this one, like all of them, are a little bit different. But I think that's a nice thing about the top tens is that you can just go from A to Z, you know, and never hit the same ones twice, which is, which is great. And they're all good. This one is um, the top 10 best police departments in the world. <laughs> Let me take a guess. None of them are going to be in the States. <laughs> well, I'm not going to do the big reveal. Let's start, let's, but let's see who's on the okay. list. Okay, number 10 is on the list. Anybody want to just take a wild guess as to what they think the, the number 10 would be? Um, I mean, just, I usually I say so guess the first. But. Is it country? Or, no country. Oh, okay, so it's not it's not like um like a city police. No, no, these are okay, all. Okay, so it's like I, average. I, I, I over will the I will country. guess that one of the one of the close to the top is going to be Israel. Okay. Um, definitely a lot of European. The Mounties, okay. Canada um, should be. Japan's there. probably going to be on yeah, there. Yeah, I thought Japan. Okay, guess who gets the big award for today? Our wonderful, gorgeous, beautiful host. Ta da! Canada. 10? The Canada. RCMP. Oh, Canada's number 10. Canada's yeah. number 10. Oh, yeah. look at us. Yeah. Go a, us. Yeah. It's because we have horses. It's the outfits. It really and the and, and, and the musical ride. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of, <laughs> for American listeners, what they don't realize is the RCMP is their version of the CIA and the FBI yeah, and the Secret one. Service and the, 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 the police all in one, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the interesting thing, according to this list, which is a list called TrenderNet, if anybody wants to look at, at that for top tens, um, the Canadian police services don't go any place other than Canada. They're not trained, you know, to, to go to any extreme war-driven mm-hmm. situations, but their training standards match up to tackle any dangerous situations comparable to those countries also, that do have to send their plate. We please. don't shoot people. <laughs> yes. If we are afraid. Yeah, and they, they, they all, yeah, they have a, uh, a, uh, a standard college that allows them to specialize in programming development so they can concentrate on a lot of different areas. Mm-hmm. They, they call RCMP exceptional law enforcement, and um, they've been doing it for 140 years. Mm-hmm. So, they're, I mean, they have little glitches and blips oh, yeah, and, oh, yeah. and controversies, but um, number 10, I think, is a, it's a great spot 
for them to be in. Okay. Number nine, the Netherlands. Mm. Yep, not surprised. They're among supposedly, um, and I, I don't say that sarcastically, but they are supposedly amongst the finest law enforcers in the world. They're known for strict routines and trainings. They have all of the duties that, that most do. And since um, um, 2002, they've shown a significant growth with advanced training and equipment facilities, and more than 18% of their staff consists of female officers. Nice. And I think that's probably made a difference. I I would think the addition to female officers in a good training program would enhance things that, you know, in the police department anyway. Number eight, uh, People's Armed Police in China. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They take its defense seriously, and they have a police department which mimics with the uh, the military defense, and so they can use, they use similar ta- tactics on a domestic level. But they're um, divided into several categories: uh, security guards, firefighters, border security, patrol, um, and they also have a specific division for mobile and public utility and traffic control department. They're supposed to be extremely efficient. And, and well run so that's why they have the number eight number seven I think it's who was mentioning it before Germany did anybody say the federal police no I didn't no okay I thought maybe. the German police mm. uh, trained elite policing system it's spread across 16 states two federal law uh, agencies. They have four, 40,000 highly trained, dedicated, and skilled officers, um, and they're allowed individually to carry out certain duties without special permission. So that's a, a lot of trust mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the police. And there's a university named Deutsch. Um, it's in English. It's the um, the uh, uh, police. Academy for the Dutch German Police Department. I'm just ruining that. I'm stopping. <laughs> and at any rate, they they train new police officers about educational and theoretical stuff. So they go into philosophy. They go into a That's lot of different awesome. things. Very intellectual. Yeah, yeah. Which I think might help lead into why they're allowed to do those yeah. um, decisions without having. Right, going into their higher yeah. ups all yeah. the time. So number six, didn't we say Australian? Something? Oh, said, I yeah, thought said, it, yeah. but I don't know if I said it. They're among the most reputable government in the world. Uh, they're responsible for bursting the biggest drug mafia in the Australia. Yeah, more nice. than um, nine hundred million bucks. Uh, more than nine hundred million dollars of crystal meth was seized. Wow. Yes. Wow. And so they um, were, they're highly specialized and, and came together to, to do that. And they plan on adding more females um, on their, on the team, on the, the those kinds of SWAT <clears throat> meth teams. They are um, enforcing gender equality in the sector of defense. And they're known for very strict and ruthless training sessions nice. so they're ready for anything that's un- unpredictable yeah. well, so. and, they they use cro- to, and they use crocodiles exactly well they have to deal with the animals as well it's not yeah. just humans they're dealing you, you with you never know when those kangaroos are going to come out and <laughs> hey, catch you those kangaroos are genuinely vicious sometimes yeah, they yeah. Can. like they can beat you up that's when you yeah. see them pull a gun out of their pocket that's exactly yeah. number five <laughs> they're the only ones that have them there yeah <laughs> Number five, uh, uh, the France National Police. France, yeah, yeah, the French. And that may come as a surprise, but they are also popular for their highly trained and, again, specialized police officers. Um, And they had the uh, the suicide 
bomb attack, mm-hmm. which killed over a hundred citizens. Yeah. Um, but they they came to the forefront and, and handled that beautifully well. Got a lot of accolades for that. Um, they're trained to handle minor crime, minor crimes, and major crimes. And they've been um, they've been under a lot of pressure lately because they've been a lot of the mm-hmm. terrorist attacks in in France. So they they have to be well specialized oh, yeah. to, oh, yeah. to rise to whatever occasion. Well, even if you just think of the French Foreign Legion, yeah, know, those are the kind of guys you don't want to mess with either, right? No, yeah. that's for sure. Number four, New Zealand. <gasps> Yay! So Australia and that. New Zealand. I'm surprised at that. Yeah. <gasps> so New all Zealand's the police amazing. officers there are trained in law enforcement at the standard school that's called the Royal New Zealand Police College. Um, they're trained and recruited on their loyalty and their skills, and they're also trained to perform tactical side fights as well as handling heavy weapons. Mm. And they have a, they have a diving squad, a canine unit, traffic department, forensics, narcotics, and an e-crime for reporting online crime. Mm. So they try to cover everything with specialized, and they do they do very very well at it. Number three, Italy. Mm. Really? Yeah. So other than the romantic sunsets and delicious foods, they also um, have the mafia. So the yeah. Italian <laughs> police have to be uh, you know, trained in dealing dealing with them. And that's a problem because the mafia is all over the world. So that's a, that's a, a task that can be very daunting for them. But um, over the past decade, they've managed to arrest two of the world's most dangerous mafias, which took a, took a lot of effort. Um, they have over 300,000 officers. They're split into five police forces, five national forces, and uh, they have a, a good bond with the Italian military, hmm. and they can work together with them. So they have the fastest cars. <laughs> yeah. Which is good. Italian police car, which yeah. includes which includes a la- uh, a Lamborghini. Yeah. Lamborghini. Lamborghini. <laughs> they have yeah. a Lamborghini on their police force. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, you expect anything else? Could you imagine yeah. be the cop that gets to drive that? He's like, please, yeah. somebody so, speed. I mean, they're, somebody they're speed. The, they're at the number three spot. So these guys oh. are really, yeah, but really the, good. Italy, I don't think, has a whole lot of very long stretches of highway. Oh no, it's all <laughs> it's all, it's all yeah. windy. Little villages and curves and everything. So the perfect. Performance cars might help out. So at the number two spot is actually a city rather than um, than a country. Okay. Yeah. Anybody want to guess what city that might be? What city? London and Scotland Yard. That would be a good guess. Wrong, but it's a really good guess. I would have I would have put them up. Hong That's Kong. New York. New, New, get out of here. No, New you know, York. The NYPD. New York. NYPD. They've been going strong since 1845. Highly trained to protect the population of over 8 million. There's been an 80% decrease in overall crime well, in New okay. York. Well. I, uh, I never would have thought, but you can't really argue with the numbers. Yeah, I they motivate they... the police officers by conducting scholarship programs, recruitment training, <laughs> uh, all kinds of different tactics to attract more and younger people. I was to about this to department. say they motivate the officers by teasing. Yeah, and they're highly specialized <laughs> in emergency services, harbor patrol, anti-terrorism, narcotics. Uh, bomb squads they're amongst the second most specialized police force it, for a city it's almost like a, a self-contained country well, yeah the population of new york is up yeah because they have yeah. the ports yeah you know and and also you know they're a prime target for terrorism mm-hmm. and trump tower and trump all that. Ta- yeah. yeah they've got trump there so <laughs> okay so number one country anybody want to guess 
I'm gonna guess it's either. Oh, I'm gonna go with Japan. Um. Oh. Oh. Um. Actually, yeah, Japan's a good guess. Or. Sw- Japan, Israel, Sw- or China. Switzerland. Oh, China was already on Japan. the list. Let's go on this list. It's Japan. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's a good guess. Good. Absolutely great guess. I'm going to ask you how you guessed that. Why would you guess that? Um, I've watched a lot of anime. (laughs) No, it's it's quite simple, actually. Uh, Your list spoke a lot about the the, the way they fight crime and especially, like, organized crime. Yeah. Let's face it, you know, the Yakuza Mm -hmm. in Japan, Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) they're pretty deadly. So you need a police force that can handle. Also, they're really on the ball with, like, all crime. Like yeah. their crime is super low in Japan. It's also a different, it a very different culture. So yeah. they yeah. value very different. And things they have to face Godzilla on a regular basis. Exactly. It's That's what it is. It's, it's Godzilla. It's, I mean, put let's face it, right? Godzilla. You're facing the mafia. We're facing Godzilla. Have, Shut up. And, and Mothra. They just put them <laughs> right over the top. So here's here's what the list says. I I love your your take on it. It says that they are the highest trained police force in the world. The least corrupt. Really? In the world. Training structure is flexible and tense. Um, they cover all aspects of law enforcement, crime prevention. They have both men and women on the force, and they both undergo similar training to get in. It's taken, their defense of the country is taken really seriously, and there are mm-hmm. multiple divisions for each sector. They have separate commissions for adding new students into the police force. Strict discipline training. Uh, for transforming new candidates. Uh, There's a designated training and research um, team for crime investigations, and they're also popular for conducting international investigations, collaborating with and sometimes um, with other countries for mafia and other bigger mm-hmm. cases. So they, um, I think their loyalty and their dedication to, to mm-hmm. what they're doing, they yeah. just have a really high standard uh, I, to do I what think... they need to do. And, and if they don't do well, they're shamed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. Uh, you know, in I, that culture. In, ja- in Japan, the culture yeah. is definitely not, in the Western culture, it's very much individual, you know, um, you live your own life, you do your own thing for yourself. Yeah. In Japan, it's very much, if you're working for a company, you are part of that company. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Or, like, if you're part of the police force, you are part of this police force mm-hmm. as a whole. So I, that's definitely why I would personally think corruption would be, would be way down, because mm-hmm. you can't be like, oh, well, I'll pay you this money because they look at their like, oh, well, I don't care if it'll help me because the police force as a whole is more important. Yeah, yeah I, I would assume that, you know, investigations that many countries have, you know, in drugs where there is the corruption and people pocketing drugs and, and putting drugs, you know, able to entrap different people. That would never, you'd think it wouldn't happen in Japan yeah. because it's the ethical behavior that is at the, the heart of what they're yeah, doing. The, the pursuit of excellence is what yeah, exactly. you know, Japan really likes exactly. to do. Exactly. Yeah. Should be a model, but I, I don't I know whether all is. cultures well, could, you know, are, you know, could adhere to that kind of no, standard. We're just too lazy here. Well, you know, there might, you know, there there might be things that we don't we don't know about, but overall, mm-hmm. that's that's the number one gold standard in policing. Well, thank you. According to this list. According to this list, of course. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nancy. That was a great list. I am still shocked that New York was there. Same, like, it's great if you're not a black man. <laughs> well, maybe New York's not that bad. Maybe it's further south there, like that. Oh, uh, Eric Garner. Well, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
If you disagree with the list, send your complaints to Nancy on the third floor. (laughs) All right, my dear, you ready for another brilliant moment? Yes, I am. Brought to you by religion. So, it's not surprising that creationist Ken Ham would get outraged by (laughs) about drag queens reading to children in public libraries, right? I mean, I'm sure we've all seen the stories about, oh, my God, that's terrible. I would oh. pay good money to see Ken Ham dressed as a drag, as a drag queen. Uh, no, I would pay good money not to see that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Christine. I'd pay, I'd but, pay a lot of money not to see it. Apparently, now just libraries in general are a dangerous place for fragile young minds. Oh. Information lives there. Yeah. Increasingly, sadly so. But public libraries are becoming a dangerous are becoming dangerous places for kids of all ages. And sadly, the majority of kids from church homes have already had their hearts and minds captured by the enemy through public schools, TV, etc. I love it how he say he looks at the libraries and labels them as the enemy. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's because it has information. Nothing's more dangerous than a book. Because, and right. because That's true. I we think know the book so is probably much. the most dangerous weapon in the world. Yep. <laughs> in many ways, yes. Especially uh, a picture book. There's a particular reason and a particular art- article he is referring to, which is all about someone who is appalled that a book by a Christian author that she liked wasn't at the library, which the article didn't mention. Which book, which library, where she looked for it, or any details that could confirm it. Well, if, if the book you're looking for is not at the library, you can just ask them to bring it in, and they will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what the writer writer did find was that there are new popular books from the LGBTQ display that she can't believe such books humanize LGBTQ people. It's almost like, <gasps> they're human. I know. <laughs> and she later complained no, that really the librarian... <laughs> Or she later complained to the librarian about the library's all-out effort to plant these disturbing suggestions into innocent minds. Apparently unaware that not every book in a library is meant to appeal to every reader. Oh my gosh. So now it's not just the drag queens reading to kids in the libraries. It's just the libraries. They're dangerous now. Yeah. Oh. I mean, not a big surprise. Harry Potter really. lives at the library, so that's yeah, probably well, yeah. a big he, reason he'd be why. burned at the stake if he was around. Well, in many <laughs> ways, in many ways, the librarians throughout our history have been the most underrated, courageous people that yes, we, that absolutely. we have. Because in, in many, you know, going through the McCarthy area and, and others where books have been banned, it's been the librarians that have stood up, you know, to all the intolerance and said. This is a library. This is where people get information and knowledge, and we're not going to ban anything, you know, that people have a right to read. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, that's a really very brave stand mm-hmm. for them to take, and they've consistently done it. No, I can't, I can't disagree. Dangerous, with that. dangerous yeah, yeah. minds. No knowledge. Well, <laughs> I think it's one of those. I saw a meme the other day. I think it's it's exactly what. It and it encapsulates the, the the situation. It says the thing, the, uh, theists and the church fears the most is a well-educated, knowledgeable woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can't disagree with that. It's no. exactly what they're afraid of. No. Oh man, is that it? No, no, perfect. You we got one. have had a sighting of God. Oh, hold on. oh, oh, fantastic! A sighting of God. Yes, he has appeared. Wow. During a flight on Wednesday from Puerto Rico to New York, 30-year-old Carlos Ramirez began screaming, I am God, and that he would save the world. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh, this took such a good turn. 
Passengers and members of the flight crew restrained the man while the pilots flew back to San Juan. Thankfully, everyone is safe, and the plane eventually arrived at its intended destination just a couple of hours later. (laughs) Or, as Delta calls it, early. Yeah. So so <laughs> so I guess God decided to possess the man early, and then he, no, when he realized nobody's believing this bullshit, so okay, fine, we'll just leave the corpse. We'll try somebody else. Yep. <laughs> the suspect was aggressive and shouted, "I am God. San Juan is going to disappear tomorrow. I came to save the world, and I am going to end terrorism." And he also tried to enter the main cabin. Well, hold on a oh. sec. Hold on. This kind of fits the profile. He's aggressive. He says he's God. He's going to destroy a city. So far, it kind of fits the narrative. This guy could be God at this He point. could, yeah. So, Delta applauds the quick action and professionalism of the crew of Delta Flight 579, the airline said. That's all Before- it took to restrain God, just the, uh, the crew of Delta. <laughs> the flight attendant crew swiftly restrained the individual with help from customers. Heathens. They don't, you know, they, they hear the voice. He, he's obviously got personality traits. Heathens. Atheists. <laughs> did, did he... Awful. Did the crew nail him to a cross? That would be Jesus. He said he was God. Oh, yeah. Are they the same? Nah, they're they're different. Maybe once they landed. They're the same. It's it's a very confusing doctrine. Does the cross exceed the 50-pound limit? (laughs) (laughs) Please store your cross in your overhead compartment. They they just, like, do, like, little little tacks on each hand. (laughs) Little tiny crosses. (laughs) Light up the seatbelt sign, and there's, like, no cross on it as well. (laughs) Please keep your cross inside the vehicle at all time. Would that, would well, that have been real evidence that, that God exists and now we all have to be theists? Did we miss our big opportunity? I no. think so. Nah. I mean, he's not super reliable. You see, he destroyed San Juan, and last I checked, San Juan is still here, right? Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen any I, big I, news at, stories. At the moment of this recording, San Juan is still here, so I don't know. To be fair, that's where they yeah. took him back to. Oh. Yeah. oh, okay. Well, maybe he, maybe it's God. He decided not to yeah. he's destroy because probably just he a, is, a, he is known for changing his mind. Person. He is known for changing his perfect mind like that. Well, I'm so oh, sorry, well. Miss God. I know. Is there a place we can reach this guy? Maybe we'll get him on the show. San Juan. <laughs> <laughs> just, just call it the city. <laughs> call Delta. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I want to talk to God. <laughs> oh. oh man. Uh, it's another brilliant moment for sure. Oh yes. Well, thank you, dear. That was great. Yeah, that was two good ones. <laughs> All right, so let's take a quick pause, and when we come back, we'll be talking to Amy Cool of the Ginger Snaps. So stay with us. Whoop whoop. Attention, fellow atheist podcast listeners. We are the Godless Heathens Podcast. Here's the details with no fine print. We got new episodes available every other Sunday. There's three of us, just like the Holy Trinity. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. Coming to you from a spare bedroom in exurban Atlanta. Where we'll examine the crossroads of politics and religion, but from the secular perspective. Sometimes we get heavy, sometimes we get deep. And no one is above reproach or mockery, especially each other. It's more of what you want and less of what you don't. So open your hearts and minds to the godless heathens in your podcast rotation. And you just might learn something too. Or 
and I think it should be religion treated with ridicule and hatred and contempt, and I claim that right. In the morning. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Stanley from the Right to Reason podcast, and if you subscribe now, you'll get free... about the broadcast at therighttoreason.com. And there hasn't yet been a properly written apology for that disgrace. Staying in Africa, I think it will one day be admitted with shame that it might have been in error to say that AIDS is bad as a disease, very bad, but not quite as bad as condoms are bad, or not as immoral in the same way. is the host of the Ginger Snap. She's a snappy dresser and a snazzy, snazzy dancer. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for joining us on Left of the Valley. Good job, Kevin. Good job. <laughs> Slow clock. First take. First take. Oh, probably, that was beautiful. No, no, not at all. Probably one of the worst <laughs> intros I ever did. I was so sorry and I apologize right off the bat. <laughs> no need. Oh, like it, like it, I ever get it right right on the first time, you know. No, Amy, it's just he's so excited and delighted to have you with us that he just almost speechless. This is why I love that's, you, Nancy. You just you just got my back, no matter what. I, it's it's the truth. We're we're just so delighted to have you. No matter how many times I fuck up on this show, Nancy's got my back. <laughs> Oh, Amy, maybe for our listeners that don't know or are not quite aware of your work and who you are, maybe you'd be so kind to give us a, qu- a good bio as to who you are and what you do. Uh, well, I am a, a ninja. Um, oh, awesome. But, but, but don't tell anybody. Um, I... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know what to say, so I said I'm a fucking ninja. I don't. I don't know. It's perfect. It's perfect because Nancy's a trained assassin too. So you guys have lots to talk about. Absolutely. That's awesome. Awesome. We're soul sisters uh, already. Soul sister. Soul sister. So my my background is actually in criminal justice. I went to college for uh, criminal justice in the American United States system, wow. uh, which means uh, mostly picture books. Uh, <laughs> And you and you had to do all your tests with crayons. I understand. Uh, colored pencils in college. <laughs> so you work presently for the Trump administration. Is that it? Uh, no, I'm too trans and queer for that. Oh. Uh, they they just start, they just want to erase me. Um, started podcasting about do 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 two and a half years ago mm-hmm. uh, when the great Cheeto in chief got elected. Oh God, yes. Um, I started out with a. Um, so our tagline is sec sec oh oh no. Now you <sighs> now you're screwed up. <laughs> See the thing is I don't say the tagline. I, I created the, the intro and I it just it says it for me. Oh okay. So I don't have to ever fucking say it. I'm just like uh you, we're here. Um so the tagline is uh science secular and queer as fuck. So we're nice. me and William, William is my current co host. We love science. We're both atheists, we're both secular, we're both humanists, uh we're both trans, I'm a trans woman, they're a non binary gender fluid something person. Um and 
the show, we talk about those subjects, basically whatever comes to mind. Uh, last month, of course, it was Pride Month, so we talked about like gay history and news. Mm-hmm. Uh, this month is July, so in America, that means it's uh, uh, Patriotism Month, so we're talking about fucked up American history. Ooh, good. Oh, boy, we're going to have lots to talk about, especially yeah. with the... Uh Fourth of July that you guys just had, and a wonderful speech by Donald Trump. But before we get into that, I gotta ask: Ginger Snaps. That I love the name. I uh-huh. really love the name because it makes me hungry for cookies. But I gotta ask: Where did you guys come up with Ginger Snaps? So the uh, originally I had another host. Uh, her name was Nadia, and uh, she was a redhead, and I'm a redhead. Oh. So when a redhead gets mad, you know the ginger snaps. <laughs> Because I'm so clever. Yay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant, actually. I think that works very well. You have no idea how many people ask me, says, why are you guys called Left of the Valley? Said, well, well, we're in the Fraser Valley, and uh, Mr. Wheatley has a tendency to hang left. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I live in the Twin Cities, and uh, West St. Paul is north of St. Paul, so I, I don't really question these things anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So, in your podcast, you guys you you guys talk about everything, the, the LGBT, of course, and it has that tinge, and it's basically the news through the lens of the LGBT community. Am I correct? correct. Oh, excellent, excellent. All right. Well, I guess I guess so. I I gotta ask because we're from a different country, obviously. Um, what are your thoughts on the progress of the old LGBT community as a whole in the current political landscape that you guys are facing in the states? Well, actually, you would have to describe it as regress in the past two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, because of mostly because of the vice president, because if you look at Trump's history, he doesn't care about gay people. It's it's got to all be. Um, uh, what's his name? Old man. Uh, Pence. Pence. That's his name. Oh, that's how much I love him. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, they took trans people out of the military. They they took uh, you know uh, the aid support website down from uh, the the government website. <clears throat> they um, they just keep rolling back everything they can. The uh, Department of Education is rolling back protections for trans kids. Um, they didn't put up any. They said this year uh, in June that they couldn't put pride flags up in the embassies. So it's just kind of disheartening. But it's going kind of backwards yeah. slowly. Yeah, well, it, it, although I don't think, it, I, I don't know, maybe you can correct me on this, but I never looked at the Americans as a bastion of um, hope. Freedom? Well, freedom? F- f- yeah, freedom <laughs> for, for the LGBT community as a whole, right? I mean, uh, yeah. as, as part of the G7, the, the, the United States, I don't think, ranked top as far as far as they're concerned for LGBT rights. Near the bottom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and the the weird thing about you know the United States is it varies state by state because you have this weird state level and then federal level. Mm-hmm. So, so like in Washington State, for example, it's extremely liberal. The laws are extremely um, pro LGBT. The general population. When I lived in Washington State and um, and Oregon, uh, you could walk around and just be whoever, and nobody cared. But if you go to Georgia, they'll literally try to kill you. Wait, hold on a second. You're telling me Georgia's actually real? Uh, well, I mean, the country Georgia is real. I don't know about the state. I've never been there. I thought it was an invention of the media. I didn't think it was actually no. a real thing. Yeah, it's it's uh, akin to Finland. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. 
Well, well southern, southern states in, in general have always been bigoted and, and backwards. It's no no surprise, you know, that, that they're still that way. But in general, if you look at the population of the United States, it, it, for a minute, just moving those southern states a little bit to the side, despite what's happening at the administration level, do you find that people are becoming much more open? And so when the the uh, the Trump administration is gone, that you're going to regain the support that you lost, mostly because the public is, is generally in, in favor of, of more openness and diversity now? Well, I mean, that's that's a complicated answer because, uh, okay, so the general population is for LGBT rights. It's like something like uh, 58 or 60 percent if you take the population as a whole. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, hate crimes against LGB and the T, the LGB, LGB, the, the non-trans queer people mm -hmm. has risen by I think 35% in the past two years and it's risen by 60% against trans population oh, really? so it's it's complicated it's, it's regional of course because even in the southern states if you go to like Atlanta, Georgia or Austin, Texas they're, they're these like little blue dots in the middle of this conservative area so you have even spots in the, uh, in the metro areas even in conservative states that are very pro LGBT mm -hmm. but there's still a lot of people and you know the current administration has emboldened a lot of people to display their hate rather than keep it a secret yeah, yeah. that's for sure against Jews and Muslims and, and other <laughs> minority groups as well yeah. yeah I also want to specify here a little point here for a part of a Canadian audience we have American listeners and Canadian listeners um, for Canadian listeners Americans reverse their colors when they, they talk about conservatives and liberals up here when you're liberal you're red but down in the states you're Republican you're red and okay. you're blue you're, you're, you're liberal and up here conservative is blue just, just so there's no confusion there because you said the blue spot in the red, in, in the red state so anyway I've got that clear. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, it's one of the many little quirks that our two countries face. And we were talking a bit earlier, uh, you know, how the uh, United States, uh, we were reading in the uh, in the chit-chat that uh, every extremist killing in 2018 in the U.S. was actually right-wing extremism. And, of course, a lot of that is targeted towards the LGBTQ community, obviously. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I when, you, when you look at these kind of statistics, do you think this is just... Uh, of course, there's a, there's been a bump ever since the Trump administration, but you know, do you think you know a bit like the stock market goes up and down? Do you think the trend is up towards the violence towards G towards the LGBT, or you think as a whole it's going down nonetheless? Uh, well, at the moment, on the whole, it's going up, but I mean, I think that will be. If Trump doesn't get reelected, if we don't have that same cabinet, we don't have that same administration, uh, it, it'll go down. I mean, the other things that are going up, the, the positives for the queer community in the United States is that, you know, representation is getting better. Representation for people of color in media is getting better. Uh, so it's just, in my opinion, it's a road bump, mm -hmm. uh, which is a symptom of, uh, you know, uh, of the Trump administration giving this 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 lend to people being able to do the bigoted shit and getting away with it <clears throat> but excuse me a lot of the a lot of the shit that they do and the policies they make they'll just it'll just rebound when we get somebody who's um a democrat or a liberal or a centrist whatever back into office so i mean as a whole, like, like if we if we compare to the seventies and the eighties to now I mean we're doing better than we did back then. Mm -hmm. 
But if you're a if you're a Gen Z or a millennial, it sure seems like it's a bad place. But you know, when I was twenty, who boy, it was worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, we we just made this. And of course, I'm sorry we made this detour into American politics. We just can't seem to help it. Uh, one, la- one last question before we bring it back on the the gender snap show there itself. Um, you guys are going to be in an election year next year. Is there any of the candidates out there that you think speaks better for the LGBT community that you'd like to see? I mean, there's the gay one, Buttigieg, Buttigieg. but uh, <laughs> uh, but I don't I don't know. It's way too early to tell. Yeah, because the the uh, it, when you're looking at the Democrat side, the liberal side of the election, there are 22 candidates, and they need to kind of be filtered down before I have a good answer for that. Mm-hmm. The people I don't want to see uh, are like, well, the old white men. I mean, I don't want to see uh, uh, the ex vice president um, Biden. Biden. I don't want to see him in office. And I'm, um, you know, and I, I, I love Bernie's policies, but the dude is like 90 million years old. So, I mean, I, I don't want that kind of attitude. Uh, I want somebody a little younger and also qualified, which takes out Buttigieg. So, I mean, maybe Pelosi, maybe um, Kamala Harris. I, I, I don't know yet. It's personally for me, it's just whoever's not trump i'll vote for yeah yeah fair enough fair enough it's got to be somebody i mean to mitigate the damage that's already been done i mean all the rollbacks have got to be on a list and when when the the, hopefully when the the democrats get back in office they've got to have somebody in charge that says we need to undo the damage and we've got to build back the diversity and the states that have made us what we are and and reduce the amount of of hate crimes that have been occurring and that's that's the guy or woman that has to be at the, at the top mm-hmm. i mean and do you do you agree amy or do you think that's again that's kind of a complicated issue it is it is but we can boil it down to yes that's who we need we also need somebody who puts scientists and experts back into positions mm-hmm. in the cabinet mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of putting like an anti-oil guy and uh, or a pro-oil guy uh, in uh the the head of the EPA. Yeah. So there's all kinds of issues that need to be fixed. And yeah, exactly. And of course, for, it, for both of you ladies who are assassin, you guys need some assassin friendly people <laughs> as well, right? Again, I I would not say that. Uh, I would not promote that. <clears throat> mm. <laughs> no, no. Everything we do, we. Uh, We'll leave it at private right now, right? Yeah, let's now, leave right, it in the darkness. Yeah. Let's leave it in the darkness. Yeah. All right, so let's back, get back to the Ginger Snaps. So, so what was the uh, genesis of the Ginger Snaps? I mean, you said you said you guys started doing this pretty much when Trump was uh, elected, but was it really the catalyst of the show? It kind of was. Okay. Uh, me and Nadia, uh, and we started working before he was elected, but um, we started February two and a half years ago, and... Um, 2016 that would be that would be 2016 right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay yeah math good getting educated in america Le- yeah. Le- give me a minute um, <laughs> um we did uh, we wanted we wanted to to kind of convey critical thinking skepticism science through that queer lens through that trans and queer lens because we were both trans women we were both uh she's an actual scientist she quit the show because she's like i gotta finish my doctorate and this yeah. is taking up too much of my time and i couldn't argue with that i couldn't be like hey uh no nah, quit school and do this podcast that doesn't pay you <laughs> um and and that's how it started we just wanted to you know kind of lend our voices to the choir and educate and get that out there and kind of maybe have an irreverent time doing it as well 
Yeah. Oh, and you know, swearing and dick jokes. Yes, yes, that works. Do you do you really think that a lot of people? I mean, we 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 all try to promote more skepticism and more you know reasonable thinking and critical thinking, of course. But you think that when it comes to LGBTQ uh, issues, that a lot of people are not using these faculties as a whole. As oh god, in the queer community, I mean, I think skepticism. Especially in the okay, especially in the trans community, there's a lot of woo, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's all this gatekeeping to get the proper medication and the proper um, uh, treatment, medical treatment. Yeah. So a lot of people will buy into this, like if you buy this herbal supplement, it'll do this, or they're misinformed about what hormone therapy will actually do for your body or what it won't do for your body. So there's a lot of there's a big lack of critical thinking in the queer community, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of voices out there who are trans, who are queer, who are atheist, and who are, uh, you know, skeptics that are out there screaming about this stuff. So that's one of the things we do, too, is we try to educate and debunk about, you know, black cohosh doesn't really help, you know, estrogen levels and stuff like that. Do you find that, you know... um the whole trans transgender issue and the whole LGBT issue actually is is very emotional for a lot of people, and you find that it it becomes difficult to bring a message of rational intellectual thinking to an audience that is prone to be very emotional about the subject. Well, people are emotional about the religion too. Well, I mean, that's true. gosh, tell tell a tell a devout Christian that God isn't real and watch them explode and then call you a snowflake. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, you use some of those same tools. You use, you know, uh, um, uh, you, you try not to have an, a, an emotional response. You try to be rational. You try to be calm. You try to use the evidence. You try to also speak to them as a person to try to, to create empathy. Um, you know, and uh, God, I'm bad with words today. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> uh, what's it, the, the, when you do the street? Uh, street epistemology. Uh, Epistemology. Yeah. So that helps too. A lot of the same ways that we combat, uh, you know, as atheists and skeptic uh, activists, uh, we can kind of combat that religious thing is the same way that queer people fight bigoted things. Uh, from my perspective, from the skeptic and science loving perspective, because there's a lot of science to say that gay people aren't crazy and it's biological. And it's there's a lot of science that says uh, trans people aren't crazy. Well, it, we we all might be, but you know, not because we're gay or trans. Um, there's a lot of science to back up the trans identity too, and et cetera, et cetera. So you use those same tools. Yes. Do you find yourself? I find sometimes that when I talk to people about LGBT issues, um, they will they'll try to hit back with science, but they'll try to hit back with old science. And they'll they'll say something about you know, well you know it, it's a it's a mental disorder or something like that because it used to be labeled as such erroneously and now of course it's not and you find sometimes it's difficult to 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 bridge that gap of new science versus the old way or the old science's uh, uh, way of thinking. Well, I mean the the good news about that is you can show them in 1972 when being gay was taken out of the DSM. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little later, or a lot later, for trans people. I mean, I think the WHO did it this year. Yes, they actually just did, actually. Yeah, not too long ago. Um, the DSM-5, I mean, that's the only positive thing that America's done first lately. <laughs> um, um, so, you know, 
if, if they're one to quote science, usually if you show them the evidence, I think they're more prone to accept the new information. Mm-hmm. But if they're quoting bad science because of their personal bias, bias and um, yes, you know, it's it's hard to get them to accept new evidence because they don't wanna. I, I, th- I think I bump into a lot of that. I bump into a lot of you know, they're, they're quoting science, but not because they necessarily believe in the science. It's just, it's just an extra point for them because in in reality they're just bigoted against the, the the position. And when you approach them with science, they try to counter you with other science. It's just old science. That, that that's been my experience anyway. When I yeah, mine too. I mean, and sometimes I just troll them. Yeah, yeah. And then I I, I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes I just poke fun at them because <laughs> I get impatient just like any other human and it's it's more fun sometimes. <laughs> it is. It is. I'll have to agree with that. So do you you feel that your show has made I I'm hoping it has made some kind of an impact out there to a part of your audience. Do you get some of that kind of that good feedback? Yeah, uh, we've gotten uh, good feedback about talking about uh, hormones and their effect on the body and our own personal experiences with coming out and name change and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm really open about talking about mental illness because I have PTSD, depression, anxiety disorder, and anorexia. So I talk about therapy and medication, and I talk honestly about that too. And that, um, I've got positive messages from other people like, thank God you're talking about uh, taking meds is okay because I feel ashamed about taking my depression meds, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Wow, that's 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 a lot. That's a lot to swallow for for a single person to be doing all that stuff. But it's good that you you talk about it because then other people who have felt the same way feel a little freer, perhaps maybe not to. to tell everybody but at least to recognize that this is part of their makeup at this point and there are options she's, that are available yeah. there's help that's available and she's so, giving courage yeah. to others you Absolutely. know to, to, to follow her in her steps Absolutely. exactly yeah yeah so you know, it's, it's totally a good thing yeah yeah ther- therapy is fucking awesome um <laughs> it is if you have the right therapist that's for sure oh that's the other yeah. hard part oh my god being a skeptic and an atheist and trying to find a therapist who doesn't want you to buy some uh, crystals and some aromatherapy and you know have you tried this oil and like uh no so so how is that in St. Paul are you finding uh in the area that you are that that you have some enlightened therapists I was lucky enough to find a therapist now I've had a lot of trouble in the past finding therapies therapists um and I've talked about that on the show but I I was lucky enough to find a science-based uh skeptical atheist um uh, uh, queer and trans friendly uh, therapist um, wow. even close to my house and she's been just wondrous oh, as, as far as my therapy journey wow that, that's a big bonus you know whenever I go to therapy they usually try to pass me on to one of their colleagues I don't know why <laughs> um, well I, I mean I've seen your picture so <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey. Uh, so, so Amy, you know, when when we're looking at the future here, the future of not just the United States as a whole, but you know, of the skeptical movement, the atheist movement, and the LGBTQ movement, are you positive about the next five, ten years, or are you fearing or dreading the worst? Well, I mean, yeah, both. Okay. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, the fucking world is on fire and uh, just going to go back to bed. <laughs> but at the same time, you got to be like, no, nah, that's not, you know, you have to 
try to stay positive and have a positive effect on the world around you, especially immediately around you. Uh, or else it's just, uh, I don't know, it's a shitty way to live. Yeah, I would agree. It's exhausting. Uh, there's not enough booze. Weed isn't legal in Minnesota. So... Hmm. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you what I tell every other podcast that I go on that's not the United States. Somebody marry me and get me the fuck out of here, okay? <laughs> I can cook. I will have sex with you. It's fine. <laughs> so just you know, just in the, so that we can do a public service on your behalf. What state would you like this savior to come from? You know, is there any particular state that you want to move to? I mean, now is your chance, girl. Let us know. Uh, you know, it would either be uh, uh, Canada. I have three big ones that I would like to live in, and none of them are the United States. Just a warning. It would be Canada, Germany, or um, England. Oh. oh, come up here. Good choices. Good no, choices. West, the West Coast, because yeah, we're just you've, got, down. you've got Oregon, Washington, and B.C. Yeah. who are all friendly. And yeah, we're, you can, mm-hmm. you we're can just, move back and forth at will. We're just two hours above Seattle. You yeah. should come and visit. I mean, yeah. we're real close. Yeah, I don't have I don't have a passport, and I live in Minnesota now. So that's okay. You just go to Kitty Mortis and say, "Hey, Kevin said I could come in." We all know each other, yeah. you know. It's, <laughs> there's only ten of you, right? That's right. It's it's very easy to get a passport. You can come up here and visit, see how you like it. We'll take you out for coffee. We'll try to match you up before yeah, yeah, you yeah. get here. By, by the powers you know, invested matchmaker. by our prime minister, we're allowed to accept all the Americans yeah. that want to flee Trump and stand. You know, yeah. you just got to remember two things: <laughs> we have stronger beer up here, and hockey is actually better better. Than baseball. Once you've once you've swallowed that much, you're good. <laughs> and and leave not, your gun in the states. <laughs> and it's not as cold as it is in Minnesota. That's right. That's right. Well, it's it's like 95 degrees here and like 80 percent humidity. Oh, oh. oh god. It's about I, it, it it's is, about 72 here, and what would be the humidity? 10? Yeah, it's low. Yeah, it's not. It's low. Low. I'm there because yeah. right now I feel so sticky. I'm like fifth in line for the bukkake uh, take. I just. The comments of maybe are not necessarily those of Let the Valley subsidiaries. I warned you. No, that's fine. I that's, warned you. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. We'll have to put explicit in the video description. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, God. So, so Amy, um, you know, if, if you get a message, you, would you. If, for somebody who's out there that is in the LGBT community, and God knows it's hard. I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a straight white guy. I have it easy, but I, you know, I'm as, as sympathetic as I can be to the cause. I'm not in the cause, but you are. So if you, for for somebody who's out there that's listening to this show and is still kind of in the closet, what piece of advice would you give him or her? Uh, stay safe. Okay. Um, if the closet is the right thing for you right now, uh, because of family uh, or you know a chance of homelessness or anything like that, it's okay to stay in the closet until you can be safe. And at that point, there is a huge, despite what the news says, there is a huge community out here, and you can trust me, make family out here that may not be related to you. You can find a home and a place. Um, you know, and I don't want to be like that whole it gets better bullshit because sometimes it don't. Sometimes it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it can. You know, there's there's a world out world of acceptance out here, and sometimes you have to seek it out, and sometimes you have to leave shitty family or shitty spouses. And but it's cool. We you know we're out here waiting for you with open arms. That's good. Very that's positive. A positive yeah. yeah, that's, that's a, a very positive, positive outlook. Um, 
Yeah, I took my meds this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to your show on the Junior Snaps. What were your favorite moments? <laughs> <laughs> that you can talk about. On yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. I, I heard that laugh. I, <laughs> no, I no. My favorite, my favorite moment in podcasting is actually not my show. Oh, really? Oh. So, backstory. I was... Uh, I was elected the day before to do the sound for somebody else's show at a live show. Um, and uh, it was kind of unexpected. And we got to the theater and the theater had like a mixer from 1962. We didn't have enough mics and it was just a fucking mess. And I'm just like, oh, God, it is not up to my standard, but I made it all work. Right. Mm-hmm. And the scathing atheist guys that the puzzle and a thunderstorm guys mm-hmm. were uh, guests on there and i had talked to noah beforehand i'm like dude the sound sucks you have to be patient you know don't don't scream in the mic and let everybody else know but they i guess he didn't i don't know <laughs> no so no. the infamous the great the awesome eli bosnick was on stage oh my god <laughs> i gotta get comfortable for this oh. wait wait a minute we gotta take it yeah let's both get let's all get comfortable for this. we know we don't know what's coming but we, but know. we know it's eli <laughs> also it must be said that i got so frustrated with with the you know the pre-production and not being able to do what i wanted to do and having up to the quality and the standard that i wanted mm-hmm. that i said fuck it and i started drinking <laughs> this gets better and better. That that's important. <laughs> so Heath and Eli get on get on the mic, and they both just get on the mic. They just Ugh! and it, it's feedbacking, and I'm trying to you know adjust it live, but I'm drunk, and I'm trying to adjust it live, and it like it's not. There's no noise gate. There's no noise limiter. There's no electronics. It's just an, an analog mixer, right? <laughs> okay. So I mean, it 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 takes a second. Yes. And. Eli says, oh, that is, and I'm paraphrasing at best, that oh, he's like, oh, my God, who's doing the fucking sound? Hey, enjoy your high school credit, motherfucker. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and, you know, you know no, this is, I'm not dogging on Eli. I've met him. He's a great guy. Yes. And he, he does the jokes, and this is what he does. And I'm, But I'm, you know, a little bit on the tipsy side, or a lot. And... <laughs> I'm like, fine, Eli. So I turned off his mic. Oh. <laughs> and, and he went to talk. And whenever I'm feeling bad, whenever I'm feeling sad, whenever I'm feeling down and I need to, to, to grab that moment in my life that's going to make me smile, I, I think of Eli's face when he tried to talk into the mic. Oh. <laughs> and he just closed his eyes and started laughing. I can picture it. I can picture it. Oh That's the worst part. Gosh. I can picture that. Oh. And, and there was about 150, 200 people in the audience. They had all met me. They all knew who I was. They all knew I was doing the sound. They stood up, started cheering, and faced the sound booth. I was just like, oh. oh. Beautiful revenge. That's a be- beautiful story. Yes, that's a beautiful moment. That's a great moment. <laughs> that's that. That was probably not professional of me because it was not my podcast. It was not. I was doing the production for somebody else, but I was drunk and I was in the moment. And he and he was laughing. And he, Eli, yeah. Eli yeah. is great when it comes to on the spot, on the moment, yeah. uh, ad lib thing. He's just fantastic. Yeah, he's quick. He's very quick. He's quick. He's incredibly yeah. quick. So that, that's a brilliant moment. That's a great, great moment. That's great awesome. Great story. Uh, yeah, it's a great story. 
But on your show, but, but by itself, on the Ginger Snaps, do you guys ever had a like a favorite guest or a favorite moment? My favorite guest was um, when we did uh, we did a kink uh, kind of sex ed show, and nice. um, she was so knowledgeable and so free, and we had such a good time, and we probably overshared about our personal life. Um, but it is the two episodes that we have the highest downloads on, so it's the most popular episodes. Okay. And it's just speaking candidly about sex, sexuality, kink, and um, consent, and uh, you know, matching lube to toys and stuff like that. And it's such a great, it was such a great time and, and such an important education because you know, I don't know about Canadians, but Americans are really squidgy about sex. Oh yes, I know. Uh, like, <laughs> <We> know. <laughs> And, and I'm not. I'm very sex positive. I'm sex worker uh, positive, and you know. And I like to kind of talk about those things unabashedly, in the right context. I mean, I don't walk around naked outside or anything. But that one was a lot of lot of fun. That would be. No, well, as soon as you mentioned the lube and sex toys, Nancy perked up right away. <laughs> no, the the nice thing is, it's like Daryl Ray. He's so unabashedly. Um, uh, free with yes. who he is and at the core is always trying to um, to encourage other people to be that free and you can't do it without sharing your own experiences and having someone else on there that is willing to, to be your partner at that point and that you never know who's ignited by saying you know maybe I'll try that you know I've always wanted to do X or I've never understood why someone would enjoy Y mm -hmm. but you know here's people who you know seem to be having a good time and enjoying it and and maybe that's another barrier that's that's dropped which is which is a wonderful thing so to be able to have had that experience mm -hmm. and be able to know that people can keep downloading it and keep you know being motivated and excited and ignited you know about themselves you know per perhaps if they they try something new and different that's wonderful yeah, that's a great absolutely. positive message absolutely yeah yeah, I think so. I mean, sex is everybody has, well, not everybody has sex because there are asexual people out there. But, you know, people who are sexual, we have sex. We like to fuck. We like to fuck in a lot of different ways. You know, yeah. we all fart, we all poop, and we all masturbate. Those are the, the, the meaning, you know, the, the base of life. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I like to say we're half a chromosome away from bonobo monkeys, and these guys are having a permanent orgy all the time. So is it really that much of an issue that we just love to have sex? Of course we do. What would you expect? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, Amy, if I was to... Uh, magic wand moment. I've got a magic wand, and, and, you know, I can grant you a guest of your choice. Who would it be? Besides us, of course. Oh, that's a good question. Which oh, I've my known, God. Which I've noticed we, we weren't guests on her show yet. I know. Uh, you're welcome to any time. Well, of course, we'd love to. But anyway, uh, magic one moment. Boom. Who would you like to interview or have a guest? Uh, you know what? John Burrowman. Who? John Burrowman. John Burrowman. Yeah, he's, uh, he was on Doctor Who. He was uh, um, uh, Captain Jack Harkness. Okay. You, are you not nerdy enough for I'm this? Not, I'm, the girls usually are, and I'm, they're not here, so oh, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't. I, I wasn't, I, I didn't watch a lot of Doctor Who, but no. I did when David Tennant was on, because I love him, okay. and I remember Jack, but I, yeah. can't, I can't pull out, you know, the reason why you want to have him, so now that, now that we're oriented, why, is, why would he be a good guest for you? 
because he is a um, he is a gay man. He played a pansexual character on a very popular sci-fi show, and he's got some uh, things that he said about trans people that I'd like to challenge him on. Oh, oh really? Well, why, what's holding you back from from uh, from contacting him? Getting a celebrity is not always easy. What's his name? Again? Yeah. John. 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 John Berman. Barrowman. 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 Whatever. Captain Jack. Captain Jack. See, I'll see if I can yeah. Barrowman. Barrowman. No. So Amy, so what's holding you back from from trying to get him as a guest? I don't. Uh, we don't. We I, we don't really do a lot of guests. So I mean, it's not high up on my my like list of things to do. Oh. And if I if I was if we were bigger or more popular, um, you know, if we were in the tens of thousands of downloads instead of the thousands, then maybe I would think about it because I might actually have a chance. Hey, girl, you know, we're, we have we're, like three we're a good show. We're in a tiny little town up here in British Columbia. Kevin will ask anybody because oh. if he wants to talk to someone and they have a message, it doesn't make any difference. He asks, and you would be surprised how many people that you think are yeah, unapproachable really will say, yeah, we'd love to do that because they like what we're doing. They like the orientation of the show. So if you don't ask, you never know what the results yeah, are going to be. You... Go for it whenever you feel as though you're ready. Do it. Even if it takes you six months, who cares? Eventually you might have them on the show. To give you a great Canadian metaphor, as a great Wing Gretzky would say, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? Yeah. Nah, this is true. I, most of the, the guest spots that we do get, uh, William organizes, so I leave it to them. Okay. John Barham on there. Hey, Gavin. Hey, good looking there guy. Go. Yeah. Good looking guy. Yeah. Actors. John Scott Barman, a Scottish American actor, senior presenter, author, comic book writer, born in Glasgow, Scotland. So I've got kind of an off topic question for you you said that you majored in uh criminal justice did you get your degree and why was that important for you why 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 was that uh your your focus for a while well i got an associate's and a bachelor's in criminal justice okay uh i graduated in 2008 and uh when when i started college uh you know i had a an uncle who was a cop i had a, a, a grandfather who was a cop and i wanted to wanted to be a cop uh, because I had this idea that you could have a positive effect on criminality and help people and change lives. Then I met a bunch of cops, and I settled on, I don't want to be a cop because I don't like shooting brown people. Um, mm. It's it's very apropos because Nancy in her top ten today had actually the top ten police forces in the world. And uh, it's it was very interesting because Canada came in the top ten, and number one was actually Japan. Uh, the, the number two spot was surprisingly New York. So New, if, if, New York has a lot. There's a there's so many problems with our criminal justice system in the United States, and it's 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 a vengeful system that tries to pass itself on pass itself off as a um, uh, you know. Um, a system that reforms people and helps people and it just doesn't it's hugely biased against people of color and hugely biased against queer people and trans people um and i learned that as i went along and i kind of got disillusioned and i kind of worked in tertiary fields like security and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but i never did become a cop because i got into too many arguments i mean all my instructors were cops or lawyers or you know uh or our forensics experts or something like that and um I used to get in a lot of discussions and arguments with uh, classmates and uh, 
and uh, instructors because I didn't kind of believe in that punitive model. I didn't believe in uh, uh, eye for an eye, yeah. which is basically what our system is. And um, well, we could do an entire episode on just the uh, the American. Oh, uh, God, I know. Yeah, the American justice system. Yeah, absolutely. We have we have a very different system up here. But maybe it's time for you to start looking abroad. I mean, if you had this kind of education, it'd be almost a waste. Of, it'd be a shame to waste it, right? Well, I'm still trying to find a way to make it work. And in the meantime, I, I voice my opinions a lot on current policing and, and courts and stuff like that in the United States. Hmm. I think we'll have to call back on you on a regular basis because we're often puzzled about what stuff the, some of the stuff that goes on and say, say, ah, why did this happen? So I think you'll it, become our resident uh, expert here. It generally boils down to Nazis being police. Oh, well, okay. uh. <laughs> I was hoping for something a bit more... more uh, complex of that but I guess not <laughs> yeah I guess it you know also it it depends on the community you know ho- hopefully there are there are becoming more enlightened you know in some communities to make life easier for those who are marginalized but I know, you know let's, let's hope not not in this administration that's I know sure. I've had some very interesting discussions with a lot of police officers um, not necessarily American police officers, but about the American training of the the American police, the average policeman, which is substantially short, actually, compared yeah. to a lot of places in the world. Uh, yeah, and you don't you don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have any like. No. Basically, you just apply for a job, and they give you a gun and a badge. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, well, are you really surprised then that these these police officers are, you know, facing incredible stress on a, on the everyday job, and all of a sudden they panic and they pull out their gun. Uh, it's not really a surprise if you just given out the gun to just about every Tom, Dick, and Harry that shows up, right? Well, I mean that's that's America. I mean, you get your birth certificate in a nine millimeter at birth. <laughs> you, you didn't know that? No, no. <laughs> yeah, that's your that's your starter gun when you're an infant. Yeah, here here you get a hockey stick and a pet moose. Uh, yeah, and a beginner NRA uh, membership. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a birthmark that we're all born with. Right? Yeah. yeah. NRA approved. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. Amy, thank you so much for being on with us on the show today. Really appreciate that. If uh, if uh, the mic is yours, if you want to be shameless, go ahead, plug yourself in. If people want to find out more about what you do and about the show, where can they find you? Uh, they can find the show on any podcatcher of your choice. It's you can download it anywhere. Just search for the Ginger Snaps, and um, I don't know if you want to find me. Then you, uh, I don't know, be a detective and find my house. Uh, I'm moving <laughs> soon, so it might be a little harder. <laughs> That's awesome. We we don't have a website or anything. You can find us on the Face Tubes, the Twitter Box, and all that other stuff. Um, okay. Um, yeah, that's it. That works. Yeah. Amy, thank you so much for this. Before I let you go, I gotta have you say hi. This is Amy Cool of the Ginger Snap, and I took a left in the valley. And thank you, by the way, Kevin. I appreciate it. And Nancy. Oh, no problem. Oh, it's a great pleasure. having you. Uh, so I, hi, 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 hi. <laughs> I'm Amy Cool from the Ginger Snaps, and I took a left at the valley. Oh, fantastic. And that was Amy Cool. Yeah, she is cool. (laughs) The Ginger Snaps. Yeah, oh, man. (laughs) What a great guest. A lot of fun. And languages is rated R. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. You know, she's authentic. You know, she She calls them as she sees them. And she's got 
how many different lenses to see the world through. So whatever she brings to it, it's honest, and, and it comes from who she is. And that's why we love our guests to be. They do, we don't want them to be anybody other than they are. No, exactly. Know? And, you know, she, she does good work, and, you know, she's putting her voice out there, and she's being an advocate for a segment of the population that still is struggling in the States, of course. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, all we can do is be very supportive, you know, and be open-armed for yeah. her and her, her efforts and her audience. Exactly. And which is also a part of our audience, because yeah. I'm sure we have some of our audience that are, you know, LGBTQ as well. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So that was great. You fo- you follow her show, The Ginger Snaps. Uh, you can follow that on Spreaker, on YouTube, on all these, these channels. They don't have a website, unfortunately, but that's fine. I'll put some links in the notes of the show where you can f- easily find them, or you can support them on Patreon as yeah, well. Because, yeah, because they're going through a lot of topics that um, would appeal to a lot of folks that don't understand the trans community mm-hmm. or would like to know more about, you know, the dynamics that go on between them, you know, to the to their groups and and the, their communities so yeah. and they go through the science so it's got to be a, a really good lively program you know for people to tune into exactly yeah well thank you so much my dear and thank oh, you always. to amy cool for being with us on the show and thank yeah. you for listening and you can follow us at leftatvalue.com you can send us an email at leftatvalue@outlook.com. you can follow us on facebook on twitter at letv podcast you can support us on patreon at patreon slash letv or you can give us a five-star review wherever you find us it helps us and helps others find the show all right coming up next week we'll have lawyer extraordinaire andrew torres of opening oh. argument and we'll be talking about the whole abortion problem they're having in we've the been States. looking forward to that yes that's going to be a very interesting interview because things are changing by the week they certainly are he's going to give us the law side of things the week after that we'll have legendary atheist seth andrews is coming back on the show we'll be talking free speech with him that will be interesting. Yes. And our old friend Robert Stanley comes back, and he's going to give us a Philosophy 101 course, and God knows I probably need that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be great. And for August into the summer, we'll be talking to our friend from Unapologetics, Brent Lee. Ooh. He's going to be talking about prophecies in, 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 uh, in, the, in the Bible and all that. Uh, we'll have our old friend Michael Sparks uh, versus Jerry Montanez. We'll be having an all-politics show. Uh. Michael Sparks is a big supporter of Bernie Sanders. Jerry Montanez says, no, that's a bad idea. We'll let these two go at it and see yeah, what happens. because at that point, who knows where the 20 uh, Democrats are going to be exactly. in their, in their uh, ratings. Uh, we'll have uh, our friend uh, Trevor Pullman. We never had him on the show. From the show Believe It or Not. Oh. That's going to be interesting. He's yeah. going to be coming on the show. And we'll also have the people from Secular Soup with Amy. Uh, I hope saying that right. With Aoi? I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Amy, if I'm masquering your name there. And uh, we'll also have, uh, down the line, we'll have uh, uh, Miriam Heinen, and we'll be talking about uh, the vanishing of the bees. Oh, And what's yeah. happening to all the honeybees. Yeah. So that's going to be... Yeah, that's a good science. That's going to be a big probe. topic. Yeah, it sure exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's about it, my dear. You are it free is. to go. We, <laughs> I've always been free to go. You've done your community service. I hate to break it to you, honey. <laughs> I know. I've all, but I've been here as your stalwart partner. <laughs> yes, you have. All this time. And I and and we've all enjoyed every single minute of it, haven't we? I don't think you could ever do this show without <laughs> you, dear. Uh, you might, but don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Until next time. Gotta get away scot-free. And the Pope does his very all right, so our next goal. Yeah, try that again. Three, two, one. Okay, so our next. 
twice already. <laughs> Alright, so our next guest is actually the host of the Ginger Snap. She's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer. Oh, you know what? Before I say that, do I, I've been saying your name cool. Is that the way you say it? Nope. Oh, so, so how do I say it right? <laughs> oh, uh, cool. Uh, cool. Yeah, it's German. It's German for cool. Well, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, instead of cool. So, so I was born cool and y'all had to join the club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Try that again. Take three. <laughs> All right. So our next guest is the host of the Ginger Snap Podcast. Take four. <laughs> Jesus, this is not working well today. If you think, Amy, if you think you're going to have a chance on this interview, might as well just take a nap and we'll have, we'll tell Kevin to wake up when he gets it right. 